This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. We are back. This this is a special episode we got going on here. It's the Second Floor Gift and Gab collab. No man, let's do this. Let's get it. Let's get it. Live, baby. We got. Hey, we live, baby. We got the boy Kenny Bullard in here. I'm about to get a round of applause from our audience. One at a time. One at a time. Welcome, man. Welcome. Thank you, man. Long overdue. It it absolutely is, man. It's a, it's a damn pleasure to be here on the Gift of Gab. You know, to follow suit with you, bringing Cassius on, and you know your lineup of guests that you've had. It's it's a pleasure. You know, and I appreciate you taking the time to have me on, man. Hey, man. Thanks for coming. There's a lot of other things we've been doing on this Saturday night. <laughs> it's true, man. Like that just shows, right? Like some people don't realize that we take our weekends or we take our free time out of, out of this to do it. But uh, I mean, what better way than you know to recognize that this is something that we could easily be doing over a drink at a bar, but to be able to do it, you know, inside your studio and to have it on air, to have other people listen is, is what it's all about, man. Absolutely, man, absolutely. So tell us what you've been up to, man. I know you training, you're busy coaching. Man, like, with what my life has been mainly consisting of lately is, I, I look at it this way, um, you know, I, I have my typical nine to six where, you know, I'm working as a fitness manager of a life, and that's something that allows me to be a part of um, you know, being a part of the development of personal trainers and being able to help them um, really, you could say, maximize their potential mm-hmm. to, to being the best trainer that they can be for their clients. So I really enjoy, you know, the onboarding process and uh, being able to develop their skill sets on, you know, how to not just be another trainer, but be someone who's well equipped with, you know, the knowledge and the soft skills and, you know, the personality that they already have uh, to be a part of changing people's life. and. You know, that's a, that's a big component in my life. That's something that I actually, like, really enjoy, right? To this day, people ask and tell me, you know, when am I going to leave good life and do my own thing? And uh, I still feel like to this day I'm there and I'm learning and I'm growing and, and uh, you know, finding ways of how I can be a better leader and trainer myself. And, you know, to do that with one of the best fitness companies in Canada is a blessing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, second thing that I'm up to, man, is I compete very actively in jiu-jitsu, mm-hmm. right? I, that, that really fills my uh, cup where I, I think it's very important for us to find a way to get a little bit uncomfortable, right? Uh, whether it be uh, through physical performance or through challenging yourself mentally. That's something I really enjoy and uh, martial arts has just been a big part of my life uh, for more years that I've you know lived and been on earth. And the third thing is the podcast, man. Is that fills my uh, cup of you know building a community, right? So when you think about all those three things together, what really keeps me going and what makes me wake up every day is um, you know being brave and being able to uh, make every day count and uh, recognize that you can't do anything by yourself. Ooh. You know that's that's a big theme, right? If you think about everything that I do. It takes my training partners to make me better at jiu-jitsu. It takes uh, clients who are willing to change their life and are ready to do so for me to actually be able to get paid to do my job mm-hmm. and feel like it's, you could say, impactful. And if you compare that to all the things I did in my life through sales and through marketing, it, I had to like convince myself of I'm actually making a difference. Mm-hmm. And I find just saying I'm putting more money in people's pockets it's not, it's not enough for me. It's, enough. Right? it's enough for other people, but not for me, right? And then with second floor, it's like, you know, we were talking about it earlier, where I get to put the spotlight in front of someone, you know? And 
And I bring it all back to making my life feel like it's not done on my own. It takes, you know, a nation, it takes a community. That's something that really keeps me going. And it's another reason why I really wanted to be here today. <laughs> well, welcome, man. We're, we're glad to have you, man. Um, I wanted to ask you about, you know, being a fitness manager. Do you feel like you came into that with the right skills? Do you feel like you had to brush up on leadership skills? Because working with people is, in a sports, in a sports aspect, is one thing. When it gets in, like, you know, an organizational culture, you know, corporate, right, working with a team, there's a lot of skills that you may have that other people don't have. You know, how did you find that? There's a high level of relationship building, Alex. Like, when I look at it, man, I, I got really fortunate. It's one of those things where it's, it's not just what you know, it's who you know. Um, I happen to be well-connected with the director of personal training at Good Life, and he's someone I trained jiu-jitsu with, mm. um, you know, growing up. And I found that he took, you could say, I wouldn't even say risk, but like a calculated risk on me, recognizing that I had no personal training experience. Mm -hmm. COVID began, this was when I got laid off from my job. I was like millions of other people in the world who felt like they needed to take a chance on their dream, right? And that's, you know, something like what you talked about on a podcast that you shared with me where you felt like you're ready to go all in on something like the gift of gap and you're not ready to just work for you could say making someone else richer and for me i needed to take my skills in management my skills in uh, relationship building and my my love for fitness and apply it somewhere so when i talked to tim he was one of five people alex that i wanted to sit down with and pick his brain about personal training and I was hooked, you know, like he told me about the setup Good Life has and the mentorship that they provide. And, you know, what company other than Good Life that I've ever worked for, because I've bounced around a lot, man. Like, I, you asked me how long I've worked at a company for, man, other than Good Life, <laughs> I only really lasted about a year until I was checked out. But that said a lot, again, about me not feeling like I was being challenged mm -hmm. and me not feeling like I was making a difference. I'm about one and a half years into Good Life right now, and... Good Life's the one and only company that I've been a part of where they actually sat me down and said, hey, besides what you want to do for us, what do you want to do for yourself? Mm. You know, what's your personal goals? How much money do you want to make? You know, what do you, what do you want to achieve for your fitness? Right? If you're out here trying to make sure that other people are taken care of physically and mentally, let us take care of you physically and mentally. Mm. And, man, like, that blew me away. And it was genuine. And it was something where, you know... Like any other business, man, let's be honest. Good Life is still a business. Absolutely. It's still a corporate company. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important that if I can make a stance on, and I find you talk about this with your guests and we do too, where you want to do your own thing and you want to be an entrepreneur, I will tell you honestly that I'm so glad that I've gotten to experience what the highest level of what a fitness company looks like as well as what and how corporate entities operate because if I one day do want to be an entrepreneur, and I'll, I'll say it out loud, I want to run my own academy one day. Mm -hmm. And I want it to be serviced through MMA, Muay Thai, and Jiu-Jitsu. But if I'm going to do that, I need to humble myself, and I need to make sure I figure out how the best of the best in the fitness industry are doing it. Very important. You know, and I want to do my time. That's the way I look at it. Skin in the game, right? Exactly, you man. Some skin in the game. And right? I remember, man, like I still have some conversations <laughs> with some friends about this, and I remember I, I used to get heated about it, man, growing up, like right after college. And to each their own, but my buddies would be like, 
why, why are you working for another person's dime? And I'm like, well, I don't look at it like that. Mm -hmm. I look at it like I'm taking inside secrets. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in here, I'm doing my time, I'm learning how the best of the best are doing it right now. And I know that you have to, of course, take your time into doing so, but you also have to know where you're at. You know, before you're actually ready to make a step. And um, I, think, I think that's important, man. It takes a lot of humility to say, you know, I'm not quite there yet. You know, I'm not quite ready to be here and to soak up everything where I'm at. It takes a lot of humility because that way you actually avoid a lot of mistakes that, you know, one thing people don't realize in entrepreneurship, mistakes are costly. They cost you a lot of money. Right? If there's something you miss here that you could have avoided, you know, sometimes that might cost you, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars. It could be you know, miss sales, it could be, you know, you can't you can't avoid those mistakes. And I read this um, one of my favorite books while we were starting the Gifted Gag. It's called Originals and it kinda of talked about the two different kinds of success. Right? There's the people who they shoot, 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 shoot until one thing hits. And then there's people that, you know, they accumulate experiences, right, as they're going, but they're working towards one perfect thing. And then when they go out and they try to execute that thing, it becomes perfect because it's a sum of all those experiences that they, you know. You know the way I look at that, man? It's crazy, because I was even thinking about this on the way here. Um, why back when I used to do track and I ain't trying to sound like a true like a track athlete by any means I sucked at it but like <laughs> when I thought about what I wanted to do I was like all right let's let's you know let's let's hustle hard let's do the 1500 meters with my skull candies and my my yeah. under armor shirt on right I remember my MMA shorts right the skinny little brown kid on the track and let's do hurdles but that's the way I look at it is that when you do hurdles you obviously have to make sure that you look at the one or two or three hurdles in front of you before you even bother looking all the way at the end of the finish line. And to your point, that's the thing, is you have to recognize those checkpoints. You have to know whatever steps you're taking is leading towards that greater good. Right? And I find you're right, man. Some people, they just, they throw blind. Right? They just, they're they going a certain direction and you ask them, hey, what's the purpose of you doing this right now? And they're like, I'm just doing it, right? And like, man, like, talk about, in my opinion, such an unfulfilled purpose or an unfulfilled life right there. Mm -hmm. And I get it. Some people have been there, man. Like, I, I just had to, like, do something to say I'm doing it for a paycheck. But also, it was to make sure I fulfilled a void of hoping that something one day in. I could say at least I tried it. Because mm -hmm. it's an itch I wanted to scratch, and at least I now know what it's like. And that, that was like me when I sold cars. That's literally what I did pre-COVID. Selling cars, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was like... It's not easy. It ain't easy, man. You nine to nine, seven days a week. If you're ready to make the kind of money that you actually want to make in that business, which is very doable. But, um, yeah, man, like, it's, it's important to make sure, going back to the point you made, to make sure, like, you recognize what steps you're taking. And it reminded me of a book that Cash just gave me. And it's uh, by Patrick Bet David. Oh, and it's, it's five moves ahead. So, yeah, you know, you got to make sure you're aware not only of the next step you're going to take, but the one after that as well. And by doing so, it can then lead you towards something that you're chasing. And I'll ask you this. I think it's a very important question. Do you feel like you're being chased? Is that what makes you, like, get up in the morning or keep doing what you're doing? Or do you feel like you're chasing something? Or none of the above? I feel like I'm 
I feel like I'm chasing something. I do feel like I'm chasing something. Um, I feel like there's somewhere I'm, I'm trying to get to, you know? But it's not a destination. It's a picture that I've concocted in my mind. A vision, if you have it. But it's, 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 it's more of like a collage, right? It's got different pictures of how I want different aspects of my life to, to look like, you know? Not look like, feel like, right? Um, and I just know that, you know, with everything I go into, I have like a, a picture in my mind of how it should be when it's operating at full capacity, when it's operating at full potential. There's a, a picture burned into my head and I can see it. And then it's like, okay, I have to reverse engineer this picture. What do I need to put in place for this picture to come to life, right? Sometimes it's like sketching out, it's like the sketch of the picture, the, the bones and the skeleton. So my life feels like it's a chase. And I'm chasing, I'm, I'm chasing the different pieces of that puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to put the things into position. And, um, yeah, I think it, I don't know, maybe, I can't, it's a, it's a very abstract feeling. It's really hard to, like, describe, but I feel like I'm chasing it. Um, but I don't feel like it's running away from me. You know, I feel like I'm not sprinting after it. It's like I'm walking. It's a journey. It's not painful to put it. It's not like a forcing thing, you know, because a lot of things when you chase, you're forcing it, right? There's some things you're forcing to, and then they don't want to be there. You know what I mean? It shouldn't be happening yet because you still have to do or paint the current picture before the next thing. You right? go on to the next, Absolutely. right? I'll ask you a question on that. You, you could go ahead and share it. I think it's a, the next cliche thing to ask, and I'm sure the audience is wondering where it's like, what does that, what does that picture look like? You know, if you could, if you could like, right now describe what it is that it is in your mind and, and be able to paint that picture and then put it out there be unique to know but even before you get there let's go back to looking at the picture you've painted today mm -hmm. right like let's look at your studio right now let's recognize that this is inside your business which mm -hmm. is amazing right and you know when you look and see what you created today I'll ask you a question, and this is shout out to Raj Dillon, where I told you that I want to drop a question. <laughs> and he was brilliant. He's like, make sure you guys talk about this before I came on. Look at it where, look in the past year, or even since you started, what has been the biggest change or the biggest thing you've done that led to this picture being painted today? Mm. Like you and me sitting across the table collaborating, two podcasters in Edmonton, in a beautiful studio inside one of your established businesses that you're operating. Mm. What's something that you felt like you've done? Had you not done it, this wouldn't even be happening today. Man, that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Man, Raj Dillon, I'm telling <laughs> you, man. He's here shout in spirit. Out, shout out Raj, man. Um, what's one thing that I had, if I hadn't done, this wouldn't be possible? I think um, the one thing I can pinpoint was the pandemic forced me to take all these side hustles that I had and go into them fully, like full out, right? Like I've, I've always been someone that couldn't stay in one place. I had to have many things going on because I, I needed that overstimulation, right? So prior to the pandemic, I had a job, but I wasn't able to put the adequate amount of time into the gifted guy because of my job. And I wasn't able to put the adequate amount of time into modeling and acting or um, 
yeah, even the store, right? I, I had, there was some compromise there, right? And the pandemic forced me, I got laid off, and I'm like, well, damn, like, this is where we're at now. This is a turning point, you know? I could have went back and looked for that cushion, you know, something familiar, but I said, you know what? We have these things going on already. So, you know, when the pandemic started and a lot of people started things from scratch, I was a little bit ahead of the game because I already had some things brewing. You know, I just didn't have the, the hours in the day to give it them the attention they needed. So I said, okay, you know what? Let's 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 recalibrate and just dedicate what is necessary to making these things flourish a little bit more. You know, and if I hadn't done that, then I don't think I'd be able to sit across from, like we've been remarkably consistent since the start of the new year. Our goal has been 50 episodes, right? We never had that kind of goal when we were juggling stuff, you know? So, and it's opened up a lot of other opportunities for me now. It's really opened up my, my, my brain power to be more in the decision-making role, you know, because after a certain point, your, your work isn't labor-intensive. It's not you trading your body for, for dollars. It becomes, okay, now there's decisions that you have to make, okay? You have these two decisions. There's this fork in the road. One can lead you this way and have these consequences, and one can lead you this way. You know, that, that's where I feel like I've gotten to. And if it wasn't for the pandemic and me saying, okay, let's double down on ourselves this time. And that's a very mature way of looking at it with that last point you made, Alex, where like you can't help but realize that you get to a stage in life where enough changes have happened and a pandemic takes place where you take a slight altercation in the direction you're going 10 degrees this way, you land in a completely different destination. Absolutely. But you're aware of that. Mm -hmm. And then you accept, let's just say, the consequences or the um, on the opposite end, the reward that comes with 110% productivity increasing, uh, you actually being more present, your ideas actually being able to be implemented. Because what was once the side hustle that was at the bottom of the list, where it's 10 p.m., you're shit tired, but you still got to make sure you line up the next guest, yeah. <laughs> is now like being done when you you know wake up out of bed, you got a fresh coffee or green tea in your hands, and you're like, all right, let's go. I got the whole day ahead of me. Yeah. And I love how you and I believe it was JB, the podcast that you shared with me, both of you were sharing how you know, you get to look back in your week. And I think this is important for our listeners. And you have to ask yourself, like, why am I not happy right now? And why can't I even think about my highlight of the day? You know, Chelsea, she's clutch, man. She gave me a five-minute journal. It's so cool, man. Like, I'm not on it every day as I should be. She's kicking my ass about that. <laughs> but when I am, you know what this book asked me? It says, what did you learn today? What were the three highlights of the day? Mm. What is going to make today great? That's it, man. Every day. Every, every day it asks that. Every single day. And I'm noticing when I am getting in the habit of doing it, I enjoy doing this. If you gave this journal to me, bro, three years ago... You do. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I don't know. Fuck, I gotta go to work. I'm late. I gotta go see a client. Ah, fuck, I hate my life. But, like, you gotta ask yourself that sometimes, right? Where if, if you actually can't even think of something that brought you joy today or this week... You have to figure out something that's going on or a lot of what's going on that you either need to get rid of mm -hmm. and replace with something that you're finally ready to put all of your attention into. It sounds like you're doing that, man, which is awesome. 
Well, I think the key is to identify, right? I think the, the most important thing, like once you can identify a problem, right, you can identify where something is not going right, that makes you aware of it, and then you can start to think about the solutions, right? I think we're in a problem-driven society. That's just the reality of it. That's where we're at. That's how things work. When you put a lot of people in one place, there's going to be a lot of problems and a lot of issues. But you can't really address all the issues until you identify them one by one. Mm -hmm. And then you come up with a solution for them one by one. It's a process, right? Yeah, figuring out where that gap is, right? Like when you see a problem that's in front of you and you recognize, all right, well, first and foremost, how did this become a problem? In the, you know, like in the first place, how did this start happening? And then you start like building up a case. I notice that now, man, like even through making decisions as a leader, for, for, for personal trainers, like sometimes you get the personal investment you put in people and let's say one day they tell you that, hey, I'm ready to go, I'm ready to leave. You have to see that coming and you have to prepare for what that conversation is going to be like and you have to ask the hard-hitting questions. Where did I go wrong in keeping you? What could I do better the next time to make sure this doesn't happen again? And I'm glad, like, I've had to put my foot down and ask, and, you know, I, I say this, like, very, you could say, humbly, without tooting my own horn, to know and recognize that 95% of the people that have come and gone, the people I've developed and spent countless hours with, have said, hey, it's not you, it's just me right now. Either from, this position just gives me too much anxiety, because I can't keep talking to strangers, or I'm ready to do my own thing now. Or from the others who just said simply, like, oh, this, this position is not what I expected it to be like. Right? Like, let's be honest. Not everyone is fit for something that they're going to try. I'm, I'm a living proof of that when it came to marketing and everything else. And I, I find to, like, conclude this part of our conversation, it's like, you have to know that whatever it is you're doing in life, especially when you're earlier on in it, don't accept that it's your fate for the rest of your life. And I find we do that at a young age. Like, I don't know how young your audience members are, but we talk to a lot of um, university students. And man, like, even high school students now, like, I'll talk to them and they'll be like, Kenny, I'm so scared, man. Like, what do I choose? What do I do? Where do I go with my life? Like, I don't even know what to decide. And I'm like, yo, like, who says you have to choose right now? Yeah, you got time. If you're not sure and you're getting pressure either from your parents or from your friends or from yourself, put that down for a second. What if this next year you do nothing but travel? Or you do nothing but read? Now read 50 books you've always wanted to read instead of your English teacher telling you, you gotta read this, right? And it's for a grade. It's like, yo, I'm gonna read what I want to read. I'm gonna read Game of Thrones. Let's go. But like, do something now with your time that you're ready to do. Let's just see what happens. Okay, then after the year, evaluate. Because guess what? You're 18 years old or you're 22 years old. Next year, you're 19 or 23. How many more years do you have ahead of you? Right? And again, I'm not saying you keep using this every year. You're like, hey, and you're like, Kenny, shit, I got another year, right? Like, at the end of the day, right? Just like you recognize that there's time. And trust me, man, I wish I said this. Because I was that exact kid. And I'll never forget, man, I'm sitting across the room from like the like vice president of RBC who runs like all of Western Canada. And the way he put this was brilliant, man. And again, like the beauty of getting people on our show. This still resonates with me. He's like, Kenny... Why let a 40-year degree depict what you're going to do for the next 40 years of your life? Mm -hmm. And that, again, that pressure, man, that like, oh, like, 
I remember being that kid, man, graduating out of university. You know what was on my bio on Instagram? Marketing major. Be calm. <laughs> I let that shit define me, man. Yeah. Right? But, like, a lot of people do that. It's like, cool, do whatever you want with your bio, right? Put your girlfriend's initials, put a heart, whatever you need to do, right? Whatever's important. <laughs> but, like, at the end of the day, like, know that you're more than what you put yourself out there with. You're more than just when people ask you, hey, who are you? What do you do? more than just a job title there's so many other things to you but explore that and it's okay honestly to be that person that is in that exploration phase because i was man for five years you know you gotta be right i i still am to a degree in the fitness realm only until now i'm finally at a point where i know where i'm taking it all but i think it's just okay to accept that you're in that phase of trial and error yeah you know it's important man This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Taproot Edmonton, which is on a mission to inform you about your city. Want to get a handle on Edmonton's growing innovation scene? Take a listen to Bloom, Taproot's newest podcast. Each week, hosts Emily Randall Watson and Faiza Ranji will discuss the latest developments in efforts to solve new problems and diversify the economy. Find out who's investing in what, who's investing in whom, and what's on the horizon. Find Bloom wherever you listen to podcasts or visit bloom.taprootedmonton.ca. Okay, okay, we're back. Um, that was very, you know, that was a great point you left out there, but I got to ask you, have you watched the Kanye documentary? Oh, I've been watching it, man. Yeah. You know, I, realized, I realized they're smart with it. They're dropping it weekly, and I was so ready Brilliant. to binge watch it after mm-hmm. I watched the first episode. And uh, just went about halfway through the second episode right now. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. It's really powerful. It's it's a wake-up call, man. It's like, you know, we were talking about it earlier, and we'll mention it again on air for everybody else. But for me, what I respect most about Kanye and watching it right now is the belief he has in himself mm-hmm. and how his confidence, his attitude is very much so the same as it always is how he was in the spotlight. But the way he carried himself, breaking through Rockefeller, going <laughs> in there, rapping in front of the staff, and you know, doing whatever it took to show people that he's beyond the producer that they felt like they boxed him in as, mm-hmm. and that he can actually be even greater than the greats to rap right next to them. And even like when Pharrell was listening to him rap, oh. right? He looks at him and he's like, yo, you know you're gonna be great, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just telling him, like, listen, like, don't ever get rid of this confidence you have. And don't ever, like, let it get to your head. Mm -hmm. And I think that was such an important message for two reasons is when you recognize that you're about to shift into really, like, you have one of the greatest rappers at that time telling you that. Mm -hmm. And you just rapped with Hove. And you're you're realizing that, okay, I'm about to step into a life-changing opportunity. Walking into your greatness. You are. But actually, if you look back and you see the way he was rapping at eight, nine years old and you saw his swagger with it and you recognize that that confidence was always there, that was such a reminder for me, man, to realize that you're never just going to have a moment where you do get in front of an audience of 50,000 people and it's a live podcast room or it's a live room of people so hyped to hear what you say and just all of a sudden be like, all right, I'm ready for this. Hmm. You're gonna naturally build up to that to the point where you were always ready. You 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 put in enough reps and you put in enough confidence and looking in the mirror and be like, yeah, 
I fucking wish there was a hundred thousand people listening to this right now, and there should be mm -hmm. because of the value that I'm bringing into this conversation. But that's like reminding me of Kanye. Is again, there's cockiness, sure. Some people can look at it like that, but mm -hmm. then there's like the highest level of confidence because people can read through that bullshit. Oh, yeah, they can. And I've been there, man. I'm only starting to feel like this now. <laughs> I'm only actually starting to recognize, like, and I want people to realize that, that even for podcasting for three and a half years, of course I still get nervous coming on air. Of course I still, you know, feel like, what if I can't find my train of thought? Or what if I fumble my words? Or what if this? What if that? But also you have to recognize that you get long enough into it that you realize it's never going to go anywhere. Yeah. And you can be able to, like, quote unquote be one of the greats because so many people go oh there's already enough people up there no you know there's always a seat at the table man mm -hmm. you gotta create your seat that's what kanye did mm -hmm. I, that's my takeaway from the documentary is actually that confidence right like he his confidence is still the same he believed and it was almost prophetic how much he predicted his own success right and i think what I love most about this documentary is despite all the confidence, despite all the trials and tribulations, despite the success, this documentary humanizes him a lot. Because it's really easy to look at someone, make a mistake, and say, oh, you're wrong for that. You know, how dare you say that? How dare you do that? How dare you do this? How dare you? you know, like, people that are doing nothing are often the the... the you know, biggest critics, right? Because it's easy to be perfect at doing nothing. You know, it's easy to just sit there and point a finger at at the guy who's in the middle of the arena putting on the show, who put all the reps up to be there, you know what I mean? But I think that, 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 that the courageousness, the heart, the belief of Kanye West, and I think that he's the biggest artist since Michael, ja Michael Jackson. I don't think it's even close. I don't think there's no any way... That comes near that, you know, in terms of what he's been able to do for music and stuff like that. You know, when you talk about him in that light, man, it's like there was this incident in the documentary that like really hit home for me. Um, I I heard of it and I think I just let it escape my head, but it shook me to the core when I listened to it in the documentary where, you know, when he told uh, or when he had his jaw break on three sides mm -hmm. and it shattered in that car accident, yet he still rapped mm -hmm. and ended up creating the, the most lyrical soundtrack of his mm -hmm. life uh, to this day. And, you know, like that hit close to home for me because I've shattered my jaw, mm -hmm. you know, and that happened in my first MMA fight. And it mm -hmm. just reminded me of how there's people like Kanye who, you know, you're not alone through that process and recognizing that, yeah, what happened to you isn't, it's not forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure enough, at the time it happened, similar to even my story and my journey with it, it put a huge halt and it put a huge stop at wherever I wanted to take my life at the time. Same for Kanye. Like, mm -hmm. it seemed like everything was going. And then stopped. And Yeah, and then it all just stopped. And the fact that he just looked at that as an opportunity for him to continue to build more music and rap through his wired jaw and mm. face being shut was is profound. It's it, profound it just shows it was something that no matter what setbacks you have in life if you really want it you're gonna your, get it, yeah. your face breaking in three pieces isn't gonna stop you mm -hmm. you know but that Absolutely. was like i was like damn it's powerful you know it gave me goosebumps the whole documentary gave me goosebumps it's good it i really i good. 
me being a mama's boy too, I was such a sucker yeah. for seeing his love and his relationship he had with his mom. Mm-hmm. I, I really love that moment where, uh, you know, his mom was like, oh, Kanye, like, you know, you, you, you look at yourself in the mirror, you can't even see your own reflection, but you got to make <laughs> sure that you at least see, you know, yeah. your own two feet and where, where you're grounded because... If you too high up there, you gotta you gotta know where it all began, and just like the way she looked at him and the way she like f- was a fan of him, this right? Fan, yeah. Like I love that man. It just reminded me of like how curious my mom is, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes in life as grown men we take that for granted, we do. right? We grow up so much and we're like, mom, so you don't stop asking me so many questions, and yeah. it's like, man, your your first true love is your mama, right? Like yeah. that's someone who like genuinely to this day will ask you all these questions because mm-hmm. they care about. Not only your success, but also how you show up to the world. And, like, that's something I recognize that Kanye really knew and that he even said when he was talking in front of the camera where he's like, yeah, I ain't like these other rappers where, you know, I'm glunt singing and, and going bop, bop, bop to other people and, like, you know, doing all this gangster shit. He's like, my parents raised me well, but I still got shit that I went through in life that's worth rapping about. Mm. And, you know, it reminded me of, like, even the up-and-comers since him, like J. Cole and even, you know, Kendrick Lamar and and, and individuals who are poets. Mm -hmm. They're not just rappers. They're people who actually are, you know, they're they're speaking volumes into their music, Mm -hmm. right? And they're actually, like, they're hitting a story that hits close to home. And I think, not to take it a whole other route, but the biggest thing that upsets me about our present-day rap rappers you know like i don't even know some of the names of these people man like little uzi or little geezy beezy deezy like <laughs> these type of people man i'm like i'll be honest yeah i'll listen to it because sure it sounds good but also sometimes i scratch my head alex and i'm like what are they saying like what, <laughs> what what's going on here again it's, it's different now you know it's but Kanye really did break doors down for guys like j cole for guys like kendrick for guys like you know um even you think about like uh, Corday and those kind of rappers that just have something to say, you know. And I think what the biggest takeaway from the Kanye documentary is that Kanye had got so much pushback because they told him you don't belong here. It's not even about that you're a producer rapper. It's like you can't sell this image. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do that. But he still believed like I belong. Right, it's that belief that I belong in this room. I belong, and when he got the chance, he blew it out of the water. You know, it's like forcing yourself to take up that space, taking up that space that you deserve. Right, nobody's going to give you the space. Right, like think about second floor. You think anybody's gonna come up to you and say, "Hey, you know, you should start a podcast." Nobody's gonna do that. You have to go and take up your own space. And keep doing it, and then until it gets big and big and big, and then it's like, oh shoot, like second floor. Well, you guys have the whole floor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to force yourself to take that space up because nobody's just gonna come and give it to you. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I even notice sometimes, Alex, where like you'll get people who'll actually tell you, and then if you, it's only until you believe yourself you'll do it. Right, like I noticed that about when I'm with the homies and we're all like rapping, and we're all like freestyling, we're having fun, right? And then everyone will be like, "Yo, man, that's tight! Like, when are you gonna record that? Or like, why are you doing this with Q? Why are you going to the the studio and rapping bars?" And it's like, ah, like 
I have a homie of mine, man, like, he's out in Vancouver, and he just collabed with Cassius. He did a single called Savages. Mm -hmm. They're two best friends of my life. That is sick, right? Shout out to Avi, right? So these are two friends of my life, two best friends that I collaborated together. And for so long, that was me in university, man. Always told them we'd we'd just be shooting the shit, we'd finish our exams, we'd roll up a J, and we'd just, (laughs) like, start freestyling, right? And then Avnash would be like, and that's his full name, he just like kill it, and I'm like, man, when are you rapping? Yeah, he's like, not yet, man, not yet. One day, one day. And then finally, you know, he got out of his shell. He went to Vancouver, but that's another example of everyone can be your hype man, but only until you believe in yourself, you're actually willing to do it. Yeah. So it's kind of unique. I like it to look at it on both ends, mm. right? I want to ask you because this kind of relates to Kanye, but it kind of brings it back to a personal experience. You notice when Kanye was like, he felt this way where he was in the circle, like he was hanging with everyone at Rockefeller. But he still felt like an outcast. Mm-hmm. You ever felt that way at any time in your life or even now? And then if you did, was there anything you you, you ended up doing that made you have the it factor? Mm-hmm. That made people you were around go, oh shit. Like you were here all along? Damn, <laughs> homie. Like, hey, get on stage. Like yeah. you ever had something like that happen? Or, or was it something where you're like, I realized I was an outcast, quote unquote, for long enough that it just wasn't my scene. Mm-hmm. You ever had any of that happen in your life? Yeah, I find that you know, there's a lot of rooms I get into, and I have an anxiety about because I'll be in the room with a lot more qualified people who have these crazy resumes, who have, um, you know, all these production credits, or they've done acting, or they've done all these things that I do, but they've done at a way higher level, and. I get an anxiety about it because I'm like, yo, how are they gonna see that? You know, I don't have this, this, these credits to my name like these people. And I think about it, and then when I actually get in the room, and I actually start conversing, and they say, okay, what are you working on? What kind of projects have you done? What have you, you know? And I start talking about, you know, the gifted gab or the film I'm working on or whatever it is, and then I see the the look on their faces, and they're completely blown away. They're surprised. They're surprised. They're surprised because I don't have the skin in the game like they do. But they always say the same thing. And they say, you know, you have something to to add to this to this art. You have something to add to this industry. Like keep going. You know, you have something you have a story to tell is what they tell me. It's like you Do you find that insulting though? If like let's just say at first glance, at first impression, they're that you 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 can see that they're not really as let's say Enlightened as it sounds like they are, then immediately after you tell them all the, <laughs> the hustles you've got going on. Yeah, um, I'm not offended because That's I've been, um, you know, I've gone through the, the jobs and trying to fit into the culture and look up, look the part. Yeah, and yeah. After a while, I'm just like, I don't really care anymore. Yeah, you know, like, I don't care about any other person's yeah, opinion. I'll just yeah. share what I got going on in my life. You know, like because I realize like in this industry, and I think this is for any industry, and I think you can relate to this. They don't care about what you look like. They don't care about what you believe in. They want to know what have you done, what have you accomplished. You know, what do, what do you have to your name? What's out there? You know, like you like you were saying about before about the guest you had on on, on your podcast, right? He looked at what you guys got going on and said, "Hey, I'm a, this might be worth my time." Right? They judge you based on what you've done, not what you say, not what you say you're going to do. Big time. You know, and and I think that. You know, even though I didn't have the credentials to be in a lot of rooms, I think they saw that, okay, well, this guy seems like he gets things done. 
You know, and I think maybe that's a byproduct of capitalism because everybody's always like, oh, you're always defined by what you're doing or what mm -hmm. you do or what you produce, or whatever it is. But the fact of the matter is in order to sit at the table, you know, you got to bring something to it, right? And, and it can't be something that you plan on bringing to later on. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you know, I, I, I'll pay for the next appetizer. Don't worry, guys. Like, it, it doesn't work like that, you know? Um, so I've, I've, I've never really felt... Like an outcast, I've always felt that I had to earn my spot. I had to earn that place. But there are times where I've been in a circle. I'm like, yo, this is not the crowd for me. You know, I can't be here. You know, and it was actually, uh, we've been doing the store thing for about to be on four years now. And uh, when we first opened the store, I'd actually quit drinking. I quit drinking. I quit. I said, you know, I don't need to. This doesn't really add anything to my life, and I Respect. wanted to, you know. So it's been f almost four years since that. And because of that, you know, there are some places that people invite me to, where alcohol is the center point of the function, and very quickly I'm like, oh, this is not the place for me because there are places where there is alcohol, and I feel like, okay, I can vibe, and there's something for me to. To take from this place that I'm in You know If it's a mixer Or you know An event or something like that You know But Now It's made it much easier for me to say Like okay This is some place I don't want to be This is some place that I shouldn't be in Because There's nothing to take away from this Outside of just A good time mm. You know And I think that um, Quitting uh, Drinking Really made a lot of the decisions for me In advance You know um, sometimes people hit me up Hey we're going out tonight I'm like listen man Like I don't know why you want to bring me Unless you need a DD <laughs> You know yeah, like, Yeah fair Do you know what I mean So it made it So that a lot of the places I was going to I'm like Yeah I don't need to be here Or I don't belong here You know So I think It can be confused as Some people will be like Well you know Get off your high horse But it's not like that It's just that I, I kind of know what I'm what I want out of life and what I want to take away from things, right? I mean, of course, someone who needs to have fun by drinking would say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And, yeah. man, take it from someone who's been on both ends, right? I by no means have quit alcohol. I found ways to decrease it substantially. And enjoy it responsibly. Exactly. And it's paid dividends right and on that topic that's very respectable that you did that because i find the first thing you need to do is you need to figure out what environments you need to escape from that are perpetuating you mm. towards doing it oh, yeah. far more because it's it's all what you see and what's in front of you right uh if there was literally a bottle of wine sitting right here with two cigars how much more likely am i to do it mm -hmm. thousand percent more as opposed to, hey, Kenny, we have green tea or water. What would you like? <laughs> right? Like, it's awesome. Like, hey, I'll take the green tea, right? Mm -hmm. Still have a great, you know, thought-provoking conversation. And, you know, I'm glad you share that because it starts with that. And then it then translates over into how deep and how meaningful is this friendship Oof. when I decide to no longer say I'm going out while we're drinking. Mm -hmm. It will make or break that friendship for all the right reasons because you should be able to go to your buddy and say we're actually friends if alcohol is not mixed and again man i've been there i've seen and i've done 
Oh, we got both ends. Like, yo, have a drink. Yo, why are you being lame? Come on, party with mm-hmm. me. I've been that person. I feel better when buddy drinks with me. I feel more like a piece of shit and alcoholic <laughs> when they don't, mm-hmm. right? And not that I've been an alcoholic, but sure, I've been like every other, you know. We've all been. Yeah, yeah we've all been there every weekend. Let's turn up. Let's have fun, right? But then, you know, we, we start recognizing what does our vision look like in the future? It looks like a whole lot less of doing that every week. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you do it less and you find other people. That are like that as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that the people that you no longer drink with once a week aren't in your life. It's just you respect each other in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that, man, through the act of like creating a community of runners when it was the only thing to do. We created Run for Farmers and raised over $17,000. And don't get me wrong, man. I had some homies where they would rather crack open a brew, watch Netflix, open up Tinder, and like... Go 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 about doing what they need to do that way. But then at that time, I wasn't really invested in wanting to do either one of those things. I'd do it here and there, go on Netflix, sure. But then I was like, all right, like I want to run. I want to stay fit. Gyms are closed. What are we <laughs> going to do? And then, man, like the community that was built through that and the new friends that came was beautiful. But if we look at it this way, man, like thinking about what the medium is. Like, what is it that brings two people together? Like, look at you and me, man. Like, if I weren't podcasts, I wonder what it would be that would bring you and me into a room. Mm-hmm. I would hope it'd be something else productive because mm-hmm. it's fantastic being able to sit down with you and get to know you. But I think it's really unique where outside of the person you're hanging out with, look at what activity brings you and that person yeah, together. That's a, cru- that's a crucial one. And it was such a game changer for me, man, when, like, I was on the flight back home with my brother. This was after one of his UFC fights. And... I sat beside him and we were just reevaluating changes he's going to make in his routine and schedule after that L and changes in routines I want to make. And I was like, man, I think good life has to go so I could train more jujitsu and I could like do what I love because I want to be world champion and I want to put more time into it. He just looked at me. He's like, dude, he's like, how about this? How about you first look at what you do every Friday, Saturday, Sunday night? He's like, you go hang out with your buddies have a couple drinks you do what everyone normally does at your age he's like what if you just exchange that for like you getting your strength workouts in with your friends he's like why do you think me and so and so are so close he named a few friends he's like yeah they're great people he's like i love them to death but what is it that we do together every time he's like we're bettering my and their performance in mixed martial arts He's like, so now that you're starting to be aware of the path you're going towards, the activities and the things you're doing and the time you're spending doing with the people that are in your life, make it something that's productive for both of you that's going to better both of you in any way. Mm. He's like, why do you think you and Omid are so close? And that's when I clicked. I was like, holy shit. I was like, Cassius Omid, he's like a brother of mine. Mm-hmm. But what do we mostly do when we're together? Produce. We cl- yeah, we produce. produce. We run a podcast yeah. together. So it was a really unique shift in my life, man. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you shared that yeah. because it's a reminder for me too because, man, I had so many friends that did all that stuff, things that I didn't even started to see that I didn't really like mm-hmm. and started to recognize that that's a reflection of who I end up becoming. Absolutely. You know, I'm such, man, I'm such a, I'm a addictive personality. Yeah. If I see it, I'm that much more <laughs> likely to do it, right? Yeah, and I think it's important. We don't think about, you know, we, we talk about, you know, the people we surround ourselves and things of that nature, and I always say that that's the beauty of the internet is that you don't have to just mess with this person or that person because you know them or you grew up with them. Because a lot of our friendships are out of convenience, right? It's around who's around us. 
So that's a crazy thing, man. I ask you a question. Like, let's take Drake's no new friends principle and let's mm-hmm. throw that in the garbage for a second, right? Because, <laughs> like, you know, I'm in my mid twenties, mm-hmm. and you know, you're you're still young, and you're 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 doing so many different things in your life. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that have come into your life recently mm-hmm. that you've either chosen mm-hmm. to be like, oh. I'm keeping you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go save on this file and continue to like, you know, invest <laughs> yeah, 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 in it yeah. and build it up, right? And then I'm sure there's other people where you're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, you know, we'll be, we'll be interactions, we'll high by. But I'm curious, man, like for those out there who are, because I've been there recently, like looking for new friendships or looking at investing in a new group of people, I think it's important we bring it up. What's made you decide on keeping someone in your life? Mm-hmm. And, and how have you kept that person? If you think about some of the people that entered your life for the last couple years or even recently, where you're like, oh, shit, yeah, like this person isn't a childhood friend. They kind of came recently. What made you have them stay? And then how do you continue to invest in that relationship with them? Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good, that's actually a great question. Because a lot of my, I think the last five years of my life, you know, the friendships around me have changed. Because one, I'm not in Toronto anymore. Yeah. Right. So I'm not around the guys I grew up with. I'm not around the guys I went to school with. I'm not around those people. So off the rip, it's like everybody I'm interacting with now is new. Right. Um, one thing that I found that's that's kept uh, the people that I have around me around me, um, personal development. You know, what are you genuinely interested in? Right, that genuine interest is, is is a key. You know, I don't hang out with many uh, filmmakers or podcasters, but I do hang out with a lot of people that are continuously trying to better themselves and better their craft. Right, and I think that um, you know self development, and you can relate to this because you're a coach and trainer. And self development is a universal language. You know, there's a lot of things that you can pull from. Whether I'm trying to develop, get better at editing, and you're trying to get better at you know posting more whatever it is you know you're trying to exchange tips and tricks on how to do those things better um so a lot of the the people i've come across even since starting the gifted gab i've maintained a lot of those relationships because all the people that we bring on are trying to push themselves forward in a sense right they're trying to better themselves they're trying to be the best version of themselves you know no matter what it is they do whether they're a rapper whether they're you know an actor or or just you know, uh, an entrepreneur, or whatever it is they do, they're continuously trying to chase better for themselves. And that is the thing that's kept these people around me is because now you're like, okay, now what you're discussing is like, okay, hey, how'd you do this? You know, what did you read when you, you know, before you started doing this? Or how did you approach this situation? The conversations are like, there's gems in those conversations mm-hmm. you're pulling things there you're not just talking about gossip yeah. you're not just talking about even one thing for me um one thing that used to bring me and my friends together was sports right whether you're playing basketball or watching basketball now i don't even watch i don't even watch basketball anymore and i mm-hmm. find that that was a very distracting thing you know you think about how many nba games are on in a night you know you can sit in front of the tv for 4 or 5 hours you can go to the bar and watch two games back to back and you know since doing all this stuff you know there's been very little since actually since the raptors have won their championship there's been no desire for me to watch that basketball. Was a minute ago it, it was a long time ago right? it was pre-covid it was pre-covid the whole era ago yeah <laughs> since that <laughs> happened i was like you know what basketball just doesn't hit the same anymore you know it's crazy you say that man because 
it's nice meeting someone, you know, who is athletic and is a male and is, you know, in this generation of, you know, sports, hype, entertainment, you name it, who uh, says the same thing. Because I, man, it's so funny when clients or people are like, you watch sports? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. I compete in mine and I love what I do and I invest in the relationships I have with the people in my life and that takes up enough of my time mm-hmm. and you know some people are like oh come on like you don't watch any sport this and that some people are like whatever that's cool but man like you know what when you say that the biggest thing that that is my why around it is like why would I want to sit around with a group of my buddies and talk about how many of millions so and so made doing what they love and that they're good at and we could talk <laughs> about how we can make millions yeah. on what we're good at yeah. and Simple. what we back to your point are personally developing ourselves on doing yeah. you know we can sit here all day talk about who got traded who got a good goal who got drafted to earn X amount it's like hey that's all great I'm not disrespecting great, yeah. sp- uh, sports uh, players at all I find that's amazing they not only uh, dedicate their life, soul, and energy into one thing, but they're entertaining millions and billions of people on their in the world mm-hmm. to distract people away from their own life to Absolutely. a degree. It's, it's close. It's close to gossip. I mean, you think about it. it it's yeah, the same. It one is one of the same. Yeah. Yeah. So no, man. I I I feel you when you say that. Where it's like when you meet people who actually can make you wake up the next day and be like, oh, how can I optimize my day better? And it's funny, man, like when you talk about how like when you bring people on and talking about how they grow and develop into who they are now, my mom, before I left, she's like, gifted gab, okay, what's it about? And I laughed, right? I was like, mom, it's like they're like us. They're like second floor podcasts, right? Like they bring on a collective of people who are like, you know, movers and shakers and who are like doing profound things. And, you know, you use the words you use and we use the word elevate and second floor. And it's all the same, man. It's, all the same. it's like just being able to bring people on who think different, act different, but for all the right reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, who I, in my opinion, you know, you strike me as someone like this too, where like you're not wasting time. And, and life is precious. So and precious. You, and you're recognizing that every conversation on air, like if this was your last episode, you know, would your cup be filled? Mm-hmm. And that, that's how I operate in life, man. Because I've, I've seen, man, close ones, loved ones, cousins, um, you know, who, who passed away too young. And that subconsciously affected me. Yeah. You know, like that made me realize, not saying that, oh, I could die tomorrow. Like, sure, I could. However... I like to live in knowing that I'm not wasting my time. Absolutely. That's the simple. Thing. Like, I'll, I'll still live this way knowing, hopefully, knock on wood, like, I live to 100. But it's like, man, like, you are the controller of all this, right? And, again, not to get all, like, religious, but I, I'm just going to share this because it was top of mind that a client that I talked about. And it was like, it's funny how people praise themselves when things go good but when things go bad they blame god hmm. so they essentially go oh god why are you doing this to me why is my life going like this but when life's good they go fuck i'm so glad i did that and it's like all right well when life goes good or bad what have you done again we're going back to what we talked hmm. about in the beginning look back at the week look back on your day what could you have done Humbly and respectfully tell yourself, what did you do to have this happen? Hmm. Instead of going, oh, God, why'd you do this? Yeah, where'd you go wrong? 
Where did you go wrong? Yeah. It's that and simple. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like, like, and, and, and if you need to apologize or if you need to recognize that you went about something in a way that you shouldn't have, okay, what are you going to do differently? And I know it's so cheesy to say, man. I've, I've actually got mad at some of my coaches who said, oh, Kenny, don't worry, you lost the world championships or you went out, like, you win or you learn. But honestly, man, when I actually sat myself down on that plane ride and I thought, like, okay, where did I go wrong in that match? Right? Not, oh, God, why'd you let me lose? It was like, where did I fuck up? And I realized, I was like, okay, it was that moment right there. You know, I didn't have my arm in a certain position. They passed me. That's what I need to correct. That's what I need to rep a thousand times over to never let that happen again. But that's what they meant about winning or learning because there was a valuable lesson in that loss. And let's take that micro and apply it into the macro of life and recognize that if you went about something a way you shouldn't have, don't do it again. Or when you have to revisit it, recognize and go, holy shit, this is just like that moment I was in. Okay, let's make or break it. But I think that's growth when we talk about personal development. Mm, is being growth. able to be back into a situation mm. and be like, ah, this is I where know how to handle wrong. this. This is where it went wrong. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. And Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time, on any device. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to ab.bluecross.ca. Um, you know, this, this, we discussed a lot about personal development and, and being on your own journey. Um, I want to ask you this, you know, second floor, you know, you, you and Cash just came together, started this phenomenon. You know, what were some of the biggest challenges that you guys had to face doing this podcast? Yeah, it's a great question, man. I mean, there's there's a lot that comes to mind, right? I mean, when you're doing anything with another person, you both have such high expectations of what you want the result to look like and how you want it to turn out. Um, and you both as well operate in a very different way. So, you know, the things that come to mind here, Alex, is... Like being able to recognize that Cassius is everything I'm not. And I wouldn't even be able to do the podcast if it weren't for him. And I think that's a really beautiful part about finding a quote unquote business partner or finding someone to do something with. You know, I owe him all the credit in the world. I would not even be in a podcast if it weren't for him telling me that he's planning to start one in the first place. Mm -hmm. The challenge then becomes you know, what are you going to own up to and what are you going to make sure gets done on your end even after week over week, month over month, year over year, strategy and direction changes based off of interests, based off of direction of your own personal life. So Cassius and I did have many moments, many, many, many moments where we looked at each other and we went, are we still doing this, Right? Your life's going this way. My life's going this way. And especially when we both felt like we found 
our own passion because let's be honest that's where it all started it began with bringing on passion-driven individuals who have survived and thrived and managed to keep the good vibes going in whatever they do to ultimately say they do what they love then along the way him and i cassius both agreed that we don't really know what it is yet for us covid happened we found it mm-hmm. it was there all along in our life cassius created his own business q films I, myself, Kenny, went into the fitness industry, like, all in. You know, got into being a fitness trainer, got into being a fitness manager, started building my own home gym, all that started taking place. This was where we started to see a little bit of a slight rift. Not in our friendship, but in our direction. It was, all right, now what do we talk about? We found our passion, right? We are, in, to a degree, our own audience, are we ready to to say, okay, pilot project's done. Thank you for listening. Him and I both realized, no, that's not the case. Content building is still important. Us being a sense of influence. But how do we make it work? You know, you're, you're going that way. I'm going this way. So the biggest challenge, honestly, was doing both at the same time. Hmm. We both recognized at a point in season two where he was bringing on entrepreneurs. I was bringing on health professionals. It, it was a little bit unclear, right? We had two. We were two different podcasts now, mm-hmm. operating under one podcast. That's what it felt like, and we both respectfully understood where we have to stick with one of them. So going into season three, Cassius and I realized that okay, like let's just stick to one topic and let's see where we go. And right now into season three, we're all in on fitness and health. We're only bringing on health professionals. We're only making the topics based off of health and fitness and how to optimize it in your mental health, spiritual health, and physical. But also, again, thinking of survivors, thinking about people thriving in that space. Mm -hmm. So we recognize that it's an opportunity for me to take on the front seat at the table while Cassius is still building everything else second floor related. On the back end. On the back end. And this is where we're at right now. It's not permanent. It's not forever. Right? Maybe he wants to step in and do it all with entrepreneurs and stick with that. But I think the biggest challenge, if I look at it from the macro level, is we had to accept constant change. We had to accept constant adaptation. We had to recognize that whenever we made a decision, it was one that we had to make together. Does any business owner or any podcaster who wants to have their own autonomy want to do that? Well, not necessarily. But we learned the value of what partnership means, and we learned the value of what our audience wanted and who our audience is. And um, I think that was the most, you can say, out of the challenge, the beautiful thing that came out of it is the respect him and I have for each other. Mm. And looking at second floor, not like it's mine or it's just his. It's like it's ours. And we could do whatever we want with it. But in order for us to feed the beast, it has to make sense. We can't just all of a sudden take broccoli and mix it with beef Mm. and then blend it. And go, hey, it's just like what you get over at, uh, you know, New Asian Village, right? <laughs> right? It's, it's, it's a brief and broccoli on rice, right? But it's like, no, like, we got we to gotta put, the it, whatever we put in the blender, it's got to make sense. And we started to recognize, we were confusing our audience. Whether we want to admit that now or not, and I'm going to say it on air, it was, when you looked at it, him and I both, I'll never forget the meeting. We were sitting inside uh, Molina Bakery, in Cameron Heights, and he's like, and I love Omid's direction. And correct me when I say Omid or Cassius. The guy's got two different identities. But <laughs> Cassius is his rapper name and Omid is how he goes personally. And 
he is so brilliant when it comes to strategy. He's like, Kenny, look at our podcast for a second. Check out our YouTube channel. Okay, now check out this other one. He's like, what do you see in the other one that's not in ours? I was like, well, it seems like the theme in theirs is talking about relationships. It's like, yeah, fair. He's like, look at ours. What are we talking about? Hmm. I scratched my head. I was like, we're just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we got health, we got entrepreneurs, we got business, whatever. We're always elevating. But it's like, what are people coming for? Hmm. So if I could wrap it up, man, is like we just really needed to find a very just clear direction mm-hmm. on where it's all going for now. And um, that's a challenge, man. It's challenging, man. You know, pivoting is one of the hardest things, right? It's, it's knowing when to pivot, how to pivot. And sometimes we get stuck with, well, we've been doing it this way for so long. You get stuck on that, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, you think, okay, well, this is how we've been doing this. Let's just keep doing it like this. And my pops always says, in business, you're either going this way or this way. There is no floating. If you're not going elevating, you're sinking. Mm. Right? It's, it's really polarized because there is no middle ground. It, to a degree, I like to see it almost like a stock headed in the right direction where there's going to be some dips and valleys. Yeah, absolutely. But ultimately, you're right. And your dad is absolutely correct on this where it has to be trending. Up trending in one direction. And yeah. you have to kind of take homage of recognizing that, okay, if it is flat or it's 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 going up and then it goes steadily down, it's going up and it's all the way down and south, okay, well, we got to we gotta pick that back up. Yeah, you got to pick it. that back up to the sky, right? Absolutely. And, you know, so... Recognizing coming it comes again again identifying, okay where where can we hone our vision here, right and then adjusting and 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 trying it right you still like three years in, you're still exploring man you know we we were talking about Joe Rogan, seventeen hundred episodes, you know he's not exploring anymore and even he's still exploring actually if you think about it you know mm. because even though you know what you're gonna get with that with that podcast, it's still very uncomfortable conversations he has sometimes, and he's mm-hmm. still exploring, you know what I mean? But, you know, three years in, you're still early. You're still like, you know, if you think that, think of some of these media broadcasters, you think of some of these rappers, writers, and how long their careers span. Nobody has a three-year career. Never. Nobody has a five-year career. So true. It's ten years, at least. So true. At least. If you haven't done something for ten years... It's really hard to say, well, I tried and it didn't work out, you know, because I think 10 years might be a little excessive, five at least. Well, if you're not willing to do it for 10 years, why are you doing it? It's that simple. I look at it, right? Yeah. It, takes, it takes a jiu-jitsu practitioner, <laughs> on average, 10 years to get the black belt. That's average. That's on average. Right? That takes some people 5 to 15 years. I've been doing jiu-jitsu for almost 11 years of my life. 11 years, there you go. Right? I've been doing it competitively, like properly, consistently for six. Mm-hmm. The other was just to supplement MMA, but again, you have to ask yourself, how much time am I spending doing this, and am I, am I enjoying it? Because hmm. if it's starting to feel like a chore, yeah, exactly. Then, then, then you need to either ask yourself why are you still doing it, or you need to change the direction. Mm-hmm. And that's something if we go back to this topic, Alex, like we. <laughs> We felt that man, like we were we, like we. Old Midwood share, man. I'm not excited about it anymore. It's mm-hmm. like cool. What can we make it? What can we do to make it exciting? 
well, you know, I want these type of guests on. Okay, cool, let's do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Or I'd feel that way. It's like you need to feel juiced up about what you do. Absolutely. Right? That's like my clients, right? Is or my trainers. If they walk in and they're no longer excited about things, what can I do to make it exciting? Mm-hmm. Do I need to change their program? Right? Do I need to show up differently? But again, it goes back to me. I need to ask myself that because I take onus of that. This person's paying their money or they're spending their time being here. Mm-hmm. They could easily at any point go, ah, it's okay, it's not for me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? So we talk a lot about that in the renewal process. And that's important is I, I, I take that real seriously because who better to put food on the table and show that you're actually making a difference in your life than the people who are you're already working with. Absolutely. Because don't get me wrong, like, I believe this wholeheartedly that I'm not trying to keep a client for 15 years no. or even 10. Hell, work with me hard, diligently for five. You'll be just as excited about fitness as I am. It'll work like clockwork. We'll graduate. We'll, you know, cut the knot, right? <laughs> and then the way you go, you're free. You're going to be working out every every day. You're going to look at it differently. You'll be healthy. But give me five years. But when it comes to renewal, let's say you sign up for a year with me. All right. Well, how am I going to end off that year? Let me share with you the progress. Let me tell you what I believe you've accomplished over the past little while. Mm. Let me tell you or ask you, sorry, what your goals are. Okay, after that, if you're not even too sure, let me make a new goal for you. Because mm. fitness just doesn't stop. You no, don't just go, hey, going. Kenny, thanks for making me look good, feel good. I'm done. <laughs> Back to my couch. Right? Pizzas. But it's like, all right, like what's next? Mm. So I find it very important in those stages for someone to be excited about something is that quality check, that like assessment of Okay, let's sit down. Let's reflect. What did we accomplish here? What's next? What can I do to make this more exciting for you? Or what am I already doing that's that's making it exciting? So I like to look at it in three different ways. And this is something I took away from university was what should I keep doing? What should I stop doing? What do I need to start doing? Mm. And you could take that in any context. And I love it. I'll ask my team that sometimes. I'll tell them to ask their clients. Because when you ask it that way, instead of, do you have any feedback for me? Or is there anything that I'm, you know, not doing right? It's like, oh, no, you're fine. You're giving a person a chance to say no. Let's change that. Mm-hmm. Let's sit them down and be like, all right, you know, what what should I stop doing? What do I need to start doing? It's a question they have to answer. Yeah, there's no there's no one simple answer for that, yeah. Yeah, That's so I find it's, it's important in, you know, we talked about it off air a little bit of the art of conversation. Ask yourself before you ask a question how you're asking it. Mm. And are you going to feel like you're going to get the answer you want mm. out of the way you asked it? Because people will take that question. And simplify it. Yeah. They and they'll be like, okay, this is what they're asking me. I'll give them the answer to their question. Mm. But you need to dig deeper into that question and ask yourself, will I get the answer I want to hear? Mm. It takes a lot of digging, probing, right? And when we're talking about, you know, talking about the renewal process and 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 looking back a lot of reflection and introspection is necessary for growth right a lot of it a lot of times we don't give ourselves enough time to just sit with ourselves right like life is so fast and there's so much going on that sometimes we forget to just say okay you know what i'm just gonna sit down and just do nothing you know there's a lot of power in that. That's literally meditation. It is literally meditation. Right? I'm I'm not saying I'm a wizard at it. I'm working on it. I'm actually, funny enough, I'm terrible at it. Mm. I'll, man, like, I'll have a fraction of time with myself 
and it will be like literally like me in the washroom and me in the shower. <laughs> However, when I am, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I think about my day. I think about how it went yesterday. The five-minute journal that I told you about that mm-hmm. Chelsea gave me, it's working wonders. That's a step in the right direction. What actually sold me on the idea of it was, oh, just five minutes? Okay, no problem. <laughs> but hey, at least that's five minutes. Now you're present. To like present, sit down, be in my thoughts, think about how the day went. Right? And you're right, man. It's very healthy. I find that nowadays we're so consumed by attention grabbing material, whether it be a conversation or social media, that it pulls us away from what our brain needs. Needs, yeah. And is telling us or what we need to tell our brain. Mm-hmm. Right? It's too much stimulation, man. We're just overstimulation. And what, we're, what do you like to do when you spend time by yourself? It sounds like, you know, you brought it up. Mm-hmm. Is that something you do actively? Uh, yeah, my end of the day is always capped off with me sitting at my desk at home, um, smoking a spliff, and just thinking about was this day productive? Mm. Did I miss anything? Right? I, I actually have a very interesting relationship with weed. It gives me an anxiety. Um, it gives you anxiety? It gives me anxiety. Wow, okay. Um, sativa especially gives me anxiety, but I smoke it when I feel like I have may have missed something that I've been working on. It really gives me a detail-oriented lens and really makes me reflect on whatever decisions or things I had done earlier in the day. Um, and that's uh, that relationship with that, you know, early as a teenager, I, sm- I used to smoke and dabble in it, and I didn't like it because it gave me that anxiety. Um, but now as an adult... I know what I get when I do indulge in it, mm. and it gives me that anxiety, and it gives me a lens to look at what I'm working on, and it gives me this this over-analysis of these things, so that if there's something that I do, because a lot of things at this point we do, we, we, we look at the information in front of us, we make a decision. So at the end of the day, when I want to reflect, you know, I'll, I'll dabble in that, and, and it gives me that, that over-analysis. And then I'm like, okay, correct these things that need to be corrected. It's really unique that in the space of you being alone and needing to reflect, you actually like the idea of over-analyzing situations you were in. And by consuming marijuana helps you do so mm-hmm. right like even for me i um i had cannabis be very social for me in my life and there's moments where i now catch myself still where i'm like oh do i need to do it by myself very periodically where still i'll do it by myself but i'll put myself in a social situation mm-hmm. it's not often i'm doing that however when i do i recognize that same element of it's unique that you call it anxiety. I feel like I know what you mean by that when in that state you're so overstimulated mm-hmm. that you're in your head and you actually start having conversations with yourself yeah. and information is being thrown at you and it's being absorbed a whole lot heavier. Like if you told me something, I'll feel it a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, if you ask me, Kenny, what's challenging about second floor, I'll be like, shit, that's deep. I'll be like, yeah, I'll tell you. And then when I share something, of, I'm sure I would have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. It, it would have hit me more emotionally. 
And, uh, you know, now I actually notice, man, it's interesting you talk about it. I'm a whole lot more, when I talk about how high functioning I am through work, you know, through like, you know, leading a team of 12 personal trainers to, okay, going and training jujitsu because I'm preparing for my next camp in in the U.S. Okay, then I train a couple other clients. Mm -hmm. Then I'm home. (laughs) And there's moments, especially I I like to look at it like weekly, bi-weekly, I'll consume cannabis to relax, Mm -hmm. to just shut my brain off. Like that's what I use it for. Mm. And it's it's really unique. I'm glad you brought it up because I like hearing other people who are productive, uh, what the relationship looks like with mm-hmm. cannabis. And I find through the legalization of it, it's thank thankfully not as taboo anymore to bring up. Yeah. Right? I know a lot of people are like, yo, don't bring that up on air. And it's like, you know, like there's, let's talk about it. I'm in a cannabis commercial. I'm like, eh, it's about <laughs> yeah, time I sick. just tell everybody the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, exactly. And, uh, you know, it, still to this day, I'm sure there's people who – you know, light up and, and go, oh, what the hell you do it? But man, it's everything in moderation mm-hmm. and you need to recognize whatever quote unquote substance it is. You need to ask yourself, is it good for me? Is it good for you? Right. Yeah. Like, again, I'm not telling people to be like, yo, is cocaine good for you? <laughs> do it? Right? Like, know what can actually kill mm-hmm. you. We've realized now after, you know, hundreds of years uh, of, uh, you know, studies and research that cannabis can't kill you. Yeah. But it's just know whatever you're overdoing or adding in your life, whether it's a food or people or media, mm-hmm. ask yourself, is this good mm-hmm. for me to consume it? Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. It's interesting that you bring up, you know, everybody's relationship with cannabis is different. It um, is. Yeah, yeah, it is. Some and people get too anxious. Too anxious, yeah. And you touched on how it makes you relax. You know, for me in my day to day, I'm very relaxed. Mm. Like I'm already, a lot of people see I'm probably the most nonchalant person they come across, you know, and I, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so yeah. And I I agree with that. I think that it, it comes with being present. I think that I'm really, really just present in my dealings and I'm at work when I'm at, um, home or in the morning, workouts, whatever. I'm. I think I'm pretty good at just being present. So my relationship with cannabis is like, okay, let's just reflect. You know, let's look back on the day, and maybe that over analyzing thing is is for me. It's a great way for me to like look at it from a lens of like almost worry, but like not quite. Like I'm not gonna give myself a panic attack over, you know, oh should I mess up this number or something, but just just because during the day I'm just so chill and, and composed and I try not to be, you know, try not to overwork myself internally. You know, you don't want to worry about things during the day. You don't want to stress yourself. Yeah, you're not a pilot to a degree, right? Like you're in your routine, you're in your mojo. That reminds me of uh, when I ask myself how I plan to show up in mm. certain social situations, right? Like I'll I'll argue my work is a social situation. Absolutely. So one of the biggest things I think of, it's down to our peak values, is, is have a peak attitude. Right, Fact. so I like I go in there and trust me. People are like, Kenny, it's nine a.m. How do you have this much energy? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Well, hey, being the captain of the ship, I gotta make sure. Like, if I'm telling you guys to bring the energy, I gotta have it. I don't know how you do that. Right, that's <laughs> impressive. I, I, first thing in the morning, I'm like one hour. I don't want to talk. So it's funny you say that, right? Yeah. Like, you ask my family, you ask Chelsea. You should see me in the morning, man. You see me when I wake up, like before I go to bed. I'm a zombie, mm. I'm a zombie, right? For a couple reasons. Number one. I just think all my life, because I knew, like, when I go to school, 
same thing, bro. It'd be 8.45 a.m., go to the table. What's up, guys? Right? <laughs> but, like, my energy starts when I know I need to be on for the day. Mm. I actually, through, funny enough, getting my reps into my morning routine, very quiet. The moment I wake up, the moment I have breakfast, right? My family knows this, right? Everyone's like, oh, okay. Kenny, how you doing? Good? Good? How you doing? Good? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not who you expect me to be like now. Mm. Very quiet, but I'm charging. The battery's still charging. Right, even on the way to work, you know, listen to a good song, listen to a good podcast. Now I'm starting to like. Do you consider yourself an extrovert? Heavily, heavily, mm, like to the T. Mm-hmm. However, I know when there are moments when I'm no longer like able to serve um, at that high level of energy. The battery is down in the morning, and the battery is close to shutting off by the end of the day. Mm. Those are two aspects of me that only so many people get to see. Mm. Now, maybe I'll ask you why you, I don't know if you, why you said interesting there, if it comes off a surprise. In podcast episodes, I'm more I'm focused. So the energy, the high energy is, is there to a degree. They're channeling it. But yeah, I recognize I'm a one-on-one conversation, right? I want to meet someone where they're at. Mm-hmm. It's something I've been really trying to work on. And again, yeah, I'm channeling it. I'm, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it out when it needs to come out, right? So, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I find it interesting. I, I find people's relationship with 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 their exterior environments really interesting, really telling. Because not everybody is comfortable in every situation. A lot of people have to prepare themselves to be in certain situations. And like, there's a lot of mental preparation that goes on to being in front of a camera and. Like a lot of mental preparation goes into that. Oh, of course, yeah, hundred percent, man. I I've seen, I felt this way too. Like I don't know if you've ever talked directly to the. I camera. can't do it. Can't they? Eh? Yeah, I struggled it. with that too. I struggled with that heavy in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I look at the camera when we did. Uh, it was fun to do. This was when COVID began, and we couldn't do as many guest episodes. Mm-hmm. So we created like these mini cool theatrical mm-hmm. videos mm-hmm. on a topic. Mm-hmm. Ask Cassius, man. How many times I look at the camera? And I'd be like, bro, I got to do another take. I got to do this here. I, I need to look at a person. Who am I looking at when I'm looking at the camera? Yeah. However, it's important. You got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Literally, man, like feel free. Take 20 minutes out of your day tomorrow if you want. Listen to my latest episode on Second Floor. I did my first solo podcast. I was so nervous. To this day, man, 130 episodes in. Haven't done that yet. Mm-hmm. Wasn't really our focus. But now, you know, I've been looking in the mirror. I've been more comfortable with myself. Being again with myself, Mm -hmm. if I go back to recognizing that's something I'm working on, it was me and the mic, and it was a camera. And I was like, fuck. I was like, this day's come. You know what what led me to finally realizing that I have to do it? I had to put up a social media post Mm -hmm. that said a lot about why I continue to post a lot, Mm -hmm. right? Part of it, sure, is for content purposes. A lot of it's just for holding myself accountable, Mm -hmm. right? If I have a jiu-jitsu competition, I put it out there. Now I know it. I'm being watched. How I live my life and what I end up putting up, it has to align with my level of preparation for my next match. Going back to drinking, how much less I am to drink now that the world knows and I know that I have a competition to prepare for. But anyway, if I bring it back to the solo episode, I put up a post and said, tune in Monday, putting up a solo podcast. I remember that Sunday night, I was like, fuck, 
was like, Alex, I was like, yo, yeah. Right? What did I do this for? I was like, yeah. I was like talking to Raj. I was calling my brother. I was like, yo, man. I was like, you want to give me some ideas? I was like, all I got is Kanye West so far. Like, yeah. <laughs> I talked about that. I was like, yeah. I got Kanye West talking about the documentary. Because I was like, it felt like episode one all over again. Mm-hmm. Right. Remember, if we go back to the beginning of our conversation, I think it was off air where I was hella scared of what Kenny I bring to the table. Mm-hmm. OK, so that's in a conversation capacity. Now, when I'm by myself, how do I talk? What do I say? Yeah. If I run out of ideas, do I just fucking hit the pause button? No. So I was like, just have fun with it and go for it. And after man let's be honest is it my best piece of work well no but i gotta start somewhere i had to bring in that mentality again that's amazing right i had to go back to being a white belt and feeling like okay so what if a few people are like oh what a goof what is he talking about but again it's my own internal you could say fear it's it's my own uh let's say opinion of myself that's what i think people might think and that was such a good lesson learned man when I did that, you know what happened? To be honest, nothing. Nothing. Nor good, nor bad. Mm-hmm. The yeah. one best thing that really happened out of it was my boy Karam was saying on our group chat, ha, Kenny, you kill me. You're talking about you and Chelsea massaging each other's faces. Right? <laughs> I was like, yo, that's what I know my boy's watching this, mm-hmm. right? But then I was like, okay, that's it. That's good. It's but done. Though, that own fear of me thinking that people go, yo, what are you doing, man? Like... Yo, you came off so silly. You came off this or that. Like, none of that happened. And it was a lesson learned, man. Where guess what? When I do another solo podcast, it's going to be just a little bit better Mm -hmm. than that last one. But That's all that matters. Exactly. And if you go back to the theme of my life, man, is I want to get uncomfortable. And it's about damn time I feel that again in Mm -hmm. a podcast setting. And I want people to learn from that lesson when I share this publicly is you get so good at something. It feels like clockwork. It's a big reason why people don't want to leave their nine to five. Yeah. It's a big reason why people are like, ah, you know what? Do I want to leave? I mean, I'm in my 30s. I'm making six figures. This is not me, but this is if someone were in it. And uh, I'm pretty comfortable. It's like, all right, what are you going to do to get uncomfortable? Let's do it. You're a human being, right? What are you going to do to make things exciting again? Mm-hmm. And that for me, man, oh, the, 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 you know, the sweat in my pits, the, <laughs> you know, the anxiety I felt. Oh, I was that, like, yeah. yo, it felt like day one all over again. That's amazing, man. The yeah. first day of school all over again. Right? Man. Kenny, man, you know, it's been a pleasure to have you on here. You know, I think the, the, the listeners are going to feel inspired. Thanks. You know, I think uh, to have you in here, what you've been doing with the second floor, what you've been doing in your own career with, with Good Life, you know, and that you're, jujitsu and you're training to fight i think it's it's exciting Thanks, it's amazing you know uh, I'm, i've been a fan i've been a fan but i'm sure you're gonna have make a few more fans here um so le- where can we follow your path your journey where can we get keep up with you besides second floor but plug in second floor as well yeah, sure thing man uh, yeah i mean first and foremost before i share like i just appreciate how comfortable you made me feel on the show today man and i know again if we go back to the art of conversation that ain't easy to do for some people you know so uh, huge credit to you and your team and the gift of gab on uh, being able to allow me to be my full self here, brother. So um, it's just a huge honor to be here. And uh, for those of you who want to follow my journey and, you know, see more of what I'm about with what I plan on doing in my life, uh, check out at uh, 2ND Floor Podcast on Instagram. You can follow my personal journey on uh, Kenny Buller BJJ. Uh, that's on Instagram. 
and uh you know we're as well podcasting and mm-hmm. You know, shaking it up as well as you guys are on uh, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube. You know, we try and be on all platforms. And, you know, other than that, find me on LinkedIn, find me on Facebook. <laughs> you know, I'm starting to dabble in TikTok a little bit. Yeah, but, I'm trying, man. It's you hard. know, if, if anyone wants to get a hold of me and connect, best way to get a hold of me is uh, my personal Instagram account. So, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Kenny Bullard of Second Floor. There it is, baby. Thank you so much. Yeah, and just like that, we're gone. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported.